Virginia Pine. Hello and welcome to the Salacast on Sunday the 2nd of August 2015. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Wee. And Robert Kemp. Wee. <laughs> just pitch it down. I was more to uh, reflect the state of my well-being today. <laughs> okay. That was quite an enthused way from Zeg there. Way. Well, yes, that's what I was trying to infer about what happened yesterday. Way. <laughs> what Way. happened yesterday? What did happen really yesterday? <laughs> I remember far too much of it. <laughs> it was my stag night, and I got very, very drunk. <laughs> Surely that's the idea. And we yeah, succeeded. Success, success was had on pretty much almost every checkbox you would normally associate with stag parties, except oh, for all the crap ones. Yeah, we didn't <laughs> check the crap ones. I mean, we checked a couple of crap ones, but we can't avoid them in general. What, just, just throwing up in a club count as a crap one? Yes, <laughs> I would say so. I think it's a mainstay, isn't it? I was just adding to that place's uh, ambiance. <laughs> you really were. That place was disgusting enough already. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you really like um, changed the ambiance much. I added texture to the '90s garage that was playing. Oh my god! <laughs> worst, worst place ever. But we were in there a total of about five minutes, I think, weren't we? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> slightly longer. Enough for some people, unfortunately. You could, well, yeah, slightly longer because I was in there for about five minutes before I had a problem. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> a a very, problem has occurred. <laughs> a, very, a very sudden onset of spew. It was like, I was totally fine. I was like, I've recovered from my previous um, moment of trouble where my uh, I, I was basically just full of everything and couldn't take no more. It wasn't the alcohol content I was worried about at that point. It was just pure amount of stuff filling my stomach. Stuff inside you. And then I got over that. And then I thought that was the end of it. And it's like, oh, I've got through the worst of it now. Time, time to have a good time. Oh, no. <laughs> suddenly. Suddenly, chunks happened. Into my own glass. Oh, so, so there's a number of details to this that we'd sort of remembered later <laughs> and that Barlow, our friend J- JB, tried to uh, explain to me later that obviously I, I tried to control this for a while. And so the, the first few, uh, shall we say, convulsions I managed to contain within my mouth <laughs> and uh, disgustingly re-swallow. Oh, friend. <laughs> But then uh, when, when, it, when I realized that there was too much entering my uh, cheeks to, to contain, I ended up using the glass in front of me, which I then, when, it, when that filled up, <laughs> to the top. I'm pretty sure I just left that on the bar. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. Good times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I wholeheartedly don't recommend it. So you're fully prepared to be wed in two weeks' time? Yes, I have been through my rite of passage. I now no longer want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach, I thought you would leave much earlier, but you saw you pretty much stayed for the entire thing because after we went in that horrible place, we only stayed there for five minutes before this happened. Mm. And, that's, and I missed that as well because I didn't actually see it happen. 
it might have been slightly longer than five minutes because we had when I was leaving getting a ride, we had to sit outside for quite a while until Josh came back out. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> which was a good one. Yes, he was summoned. <laughs> it was just like, where's he gone? It was like, well, obviously he's gone inside, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Why were you waiting for him then? Because he was getting a lift. Because he was meant to be coming with us, not yeah. uh, going in there. Okay, but then now he's just like you know, <laughs> he saw he saw parties and just walked straight into walked the party. Straight into the party. Yeah. Well, who <laughs> like, could a, like a moth to the to the sticky flame. It's a grim Ipswich flame. <laughs> oh God, can you imagine? That must be like that every Saturday. Anyway, never mind. I'm a long way from there. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> So yes, I'm sure there will be videos floating around at some point of the uh, Kinder Egg and Pork Pie Challenges. You did well on the Pork Pie Challenge, Rob. Which was effectively due to half of a very large pork pie with no hands. Mm, yeah. It helped that it was a properly delicious pork pie. It's like every part of that pork pie was amazing. Apart from perhaps the large jelly chunk that fell out. It's like I couldn't, the problem was is when, that, when the, you know, the pork pie jelly stuff, which I've never quite understood why is that there... Like when that that came out, and it was just like it, because it was on its own, it's like I can't quite bring myself to target that piece. <laughs> yeah, what is that jelly stuff about? Like, I don't know. Egg? Is it like? Do you know? Or it must be some kind of important constituent. Like, no, it, no, no, it's obviously a meat thing, isn't it? The gelatin stuff or whatever comes from the animal or whatever. Or the it's process of making pork it, I guess, gelatin or something. Yeah. yeah, but they must put it in on purpose, like slather it on on purpose to like bond the pastry with the but it's too thick is it a moistness thing does it contain the moistness of the meat there's got to be a reason I just don't know because that's the obvious um, problem with Popeyes right if you're a kid and you're like it depends like because if you're like a kid do all jelly products good no matter where you find them not jelly that tastes like like meat <laughs> or not like meat that's the case maybe yeah. not enough like meat if it did just taste like meat it would probably be fine you wouldn't even <laughs> notice it Apparently you can get a pork pie jelly injector. <laughs> I'm trying to look up what's what's the deal with this jelly. What? And where do you like into the pie? Or yeah, like so just into whatever? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever food. Just need a bit of jelly in there. Stick it in your potatoes. Mystery. Apparently it was uh, a sealant as a way of um, stopping. Yeah, as preservation. So it would stop stop outside forces getting in, such as bacteria and stuff. Oh, okay, preventing the meat from spoiling. Interesting. But but then that then begs the question: Okay, it, right. yeah, why why have they is, they just keep it because that's an essential part of the uh, Melton Mowbray recipe and the Melton Mowbray be. Council, <laughs> whatever they have, just like doesn't allow you to say you're a Melton Mowbray pie unless you have the jelly layer. I'm sure that's probably true. You probably can't. But who cares? Surely then, like, if they were better, the pies without the jelly layer, then Melton Mowbray would be screwed. <laughs> yeah. Everyone would just, you'd pick a, a different name. Like, Melton No Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> Melton No Jury. No, 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 yeah. Your, your one was better. It wasn't. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so the pork pie challenge, Kinder Egg challenge was fun as well, which is exactly the same thing, but with a Kinder Egg with foil. Yeah, but it. your one was totally like unfair. That one, yeah, like so, they didn't so, know, but it was totally stacked against you because your opponent's uh, toy had two pieces that slotted together instantly to form a toy. <laughs> like, I, if I was a kid, I'd be really disappointed in that as a Kinder Surprise toy. <laughs> no real assembly required. Well, I thought they'd given up even doing assembly in yeah. those things, but apparently they hadn't. Because yeah, oh. I thought they they went for the, those collectible statues, like that will have series of. Well, I thought it was oh, they'd had like a problem with choking hazards, where it was like we can make this, small. we can market this to younger children if we have just one solid piece that's less of a choking hazard. Good point. Whereas my one was quite fiddly. Mm. Lots of lots of little pieces that could quite easily be swallowed and shat out later. I'm pretty sure that you like even with the size of pieces that they have now that you they can't like they're banned in Canada or America or something because of the choking hazards. <laughs> it's like they have slightly different rules that don't allow that small pieces. Is that what that forced that forced Kinder to, to diversify somewhat? <laughs> Possibly. Into like their their I don't know, they just do those Kinder sticks bars. now. Yeah. Well I quite like Kinder Bueno. Ugh, I, I quite like those. What makes it bueno? I can't remember. It's can't... like it's um it's well, that weird kin paste. Yeah, yeah kinda. Nuts, yeah, I can't eat that. <laughs> no, you can't. Um, but it's got that like but it's like a hazelnut paste that's also made with that weird I don't know, the white stuff the white layer of a kinder egg chocolate, you know. Yeah. Muy bueno. Muy bueno. Gross. Kinder bueno. I quite like this. They're good. I can't believe I downed a pint of Guinness. I don't even drink Guinness. That's pretty. It was, yeah, it was that's actually pretty fine. It wasn't too. I don't know. I think. I don't know. I, I don't think I could have done that. Like just because I don't know. I find I find Guinness so thick that it's it super is, hard it to is. actually properly drink. Yeah, but I was. It wasn't as bad as I thought. But I think had Jonathan not been disqualified, he still probably would have been. <laughs> just couldn't wait. He just couldn't wait. He saw the Guinness and thought he just I'm having it that. instantly. Yeah, I'm having that. Competition void. Also, it has to be said, I'm somewhat impressed that after years and years of us clearly stating that Zach was not capable of a press up, <laughs> yeah, he managed three. Not me clearly stating it. Sort of. Your, <laughs> yours two. were better than um, who were you up against? Kippers. Kippers. Yeah, Kippers was failed completely. But he still managed to do five of whatever he was doing. Of whatever he was doing, <laughs> where his back was completely arched over and his ass was like miles in the yeah, air. Yeah, pretty much. I think, he, I, I think yeah. he was mostly floor thrusting than uh, than pushing up. But Zach, I mean, is it, I don't know, is it not harder for Zach to do a press up than because he's so tall? I don't know, and his arms are longer. I don't know. Do you reckon I mean, there's a, there's, is there more or less leverage? Well, presumably, right when you do a press up, is it if it, if it was in pure leverage terms and you formed a perfectly straight line, like if you're taller, does that make it easier because you're pushing up at the end that moves further? You know, because I guess if you're the same weight, then yeah, maybe. Well, it depends what proportion of the weight is actually in your body versus your legs, like yeah. where, where the center of gravity is along the line. Mm. Stomach yeah, and ass <laughs> and head, I guess. Depends if you're super bulky up top, then... Yeah, but if you do more press-ups, you're going to get more bulky up top, aren't you? Yeah. I guess that's the idea, though, isn't it? Well, that's the idea. <laughs> it's just like it's self-fulfilling in a way. You can, yeah. you can never... You can, you, I guess you could get better at press-ups, but at the same time, it's like it gets harder for you the more you do it, in a way. 
I bet it actually gets easier, but you know, you're still actually just lifting more weight as your arms get buff, I guess. Yeah, it's mostly your um, pecs, right? Not your, not your I, arms. I don't know, really. actually. Yeah, mysteriously it is. I don't know quite the mechanics of that, but it's mostly your like pectoral muscles. Because aren't, the, aren't, the aren't your pecs ones. effectively just for like, I'll oh, say you were doing a giant seal clap. It's like that's the the the, the pecs are the ones that are bringing your arms in sort of laterally. Are they? Well, yeah, I guess. Well, maybe. Well, that's, that's what you're doing in a press up technically, doing, aren't you? Because you're yeah, unbending your arms, yeah. so the upper arms are going straight. Yeah. I suppose that's. I was true. saying to Zag, it's annoying because I do press, I do press ups or whatever, but I don't do anything that. Um, I haven't got any. Well, I do have weights, but I don't really like using them. But I, but there's there's no good like resistance training for like biceps or whatever so unless you have like a chin up bar and i don't have one that i can like put on my door frame or whatever so no, can't you just work can't you just curl to do biceps yeah you can but then you need the weights yeah you, know, you there's no whereas push-ups you don't need any equipment of any kind or no, i guess yeah. so there's no resistance training unless you have a bar to pull stuff up on get tree or what, a, to do chin-ups on. Yeah, <laughs> or a substantial branch. door frame. I don't know. Yeah. It's all about the door frame. But then I can't do it in my room. It has to be like out half with the door open. Mm. <laughs> like half outside my room. That's it's no true. Case. Unless you've got a yeah, fitted wardrobe, maybe that will work. <laughs> like with a, lip, with a lip on the inside. I do have a wardrobe, but I don't think there'd be space. Anyway, I don't want to break my wardrobe. <laughs> you need one of those... Um, well, I suppose this also doesn't solve your problem, but one of those street parks, street parks, <laughs> park gyms, I mean, park gym, <laughs> street, street parks, park. a street park named Desire. It's just where the kids are like, you know, playing in the road, basically. <laughs> it's, a, it's a street park. Car. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> Kick the can. Car. <laughs> I need to watch Wayne's World again. Was that from Kick the Can, where there was like a set of complicated rules for it or something? Is that Pete and Pete? Uh, could well be. I don't remember all the episodes of Pete and Pete. That got quite weird. In it, I, I don't remember much about Archie, the strongest man in the world. In the world. In the world. Sounds like Jeremy Clarkson now, doesn't it? Yeah. In the world. In the world. Jeremy, the strongest man in the world. I'm assuming you won't. Uh, well, actually, you're the one that might actually be able to watch Top Gear. No, I don't have now. the Amazon thing. I cancelled the Amazon. I had Amazon Prime. Oh, for years, yes, you but had I cancelled it, yes. it when when they when they started doing the video and they upped the price or doubled the price. I was like, nope, screw that. Yeah, it should definitely still be like we've talked about this before, but all the Amazon levels should be like opt in and yeah, you know, pay what you use. Screw you guys. I'm buying Netflix. <laughs> Probably. I still haven't done that, but I will do. I've got Spotify now. Full-on premium dude, Spotify. Oh, my God. I was on that secret £5 a month tier, but I decided I actually do want it on my mobile. And it does work, because you just say, you know, make this available offline, and it downloads it all. And then mm. you can listen to it on the tube, which is cool. Yeah, I don't know. Subscription music still doesn't sound... Nice. 
I like to yeah. have my music. Yeah, I know. I have the same feeling. It's weird. I was saying that to uh, Sharon and Bob at the party because, of course, they're like, I like to have physical records or CDs. And I was like, yeah, it's it, uh, I'm the same, but for from a, in a digital way. Like <laughs> my generation yeah. is like, I like to have the files, even if they don't actually exist. But um, the Amazon auto rip things cool. It's like so now, you, if you buy a buy a, a CD from them or something, then they'll be like, oh yeah, by the way, you can just download all the MP3s for this if you want. Yeah, that's cool. Which is all like so you can buy cool. the CD, have the physical CD, which is always nice, and then get the files too. That's cool. And it's like I, d- I didn't notice until the other day, but like a, a logged into my Amazon account and they were like, Oh yeah, hey, by the way, do you remember all those discs you've bought over the years? Yeah, we've now we've now auto ripped them. Right, so, so they're see, ready see, to go. Yeah. Because you have your your copy of garbage version two point or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was that was pre Amazon. I think that <laughs> probably an H and V purchase that one. Yeah. Asda. When Asda used to have a music section. Did they not still actually they probably still do, CDs, but yeah. yeah probably. But was, I remember it used to be like really big and have like TV screens and stuff showing yeah. music videos, and it, it seemed very eighties. Probably because it was near the eighties. I, I don't know. Nearer the eighties. Nearer the eighties. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool, which actually has the very cheeky side effect of, hey, I bought most of these CDs as gifts for people. But now I have all their files yeah, you too. Have them. Uh-huh. Yeah. To be fair, you used to do that thing of opening them and ripping them and then giving them as gifts. <laughs> yes, you did. You did it more than once. I know. I remember it happening. I can't remember what the CD was. Um, yeah, I accuse. J'accuse. <laughs> I don't remember doing that. Yeah, I remember asking after the fact and being more like, "Can I rip, <laughs> uh, your, okay. can I rip your disc?" Maybe it was only once. Sorry, I don't mean to besmirch uh, your character. I think I think it definitely happened. I, I really can't remember that, but never mind. I can't remember a lot of things, especially after Saturday. Mm. Speaking of which, unless there's anything else to talk about, can anyone remember any news? News. news. What? What's going on in the world of what? What this podcast is about. What's that? You. you removing this thing (laughs) from being a thing very much on purpose. I kind of remember. Oh, man. This is a podcast about video games. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Video game news. What do we got? Windows 10 launched, didn't it? Apparently. Has anyone actually got it yet? I haven't got it. I haven't got the notification. No. I've still got the thing, but it hasn't told me I need to, which is cool because um, I've got my new... SSD, but I haven't been bothered to do all the transferring stuff, and I'm probably not going to have time to do it for a few weeks. So, um, so that's cool. But uh, I'm like, to try it. Microsoft are being quite, uh, I don't know, boastful about this, aren't they? Saying, "Oh, this is the largest software upgrade in history." Well, fair enough. Might as well do your own might, one if you can. Yeah, might well be true. Yeah, sure. But- I mean, obviously, all that's in the news is little, tiny, little weird problems. Like somebody, do you see that somebody found an error message that just said, as a in in as a heading, it said something happened, and then as a subheading, it said something happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> it's my kind of error message. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is right. Is if you told Microsoft about it, there's probably only one place in the code where the phrase "something happened" actually comes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You could just Google, yeah, grep through for something happened. Yeah. <laughs> I usually put, like, if I can't think of an error message, I usually put, 
uh, you know, oh God, how did this happen? I'm not good with computer. That's my <laughs> that's my standard like exception. Do you import the GIF though? That's the only way. That's the best error mark. You can import <laughs> yeah. the GIF onto it as well. <laughs> I haven't had a chance. I want to put error beta tain in proper coding somewhere, but I haven't had a chance to do that yet. No I've always that. wanted to just have a picture of me face palming. <laughs> Like, just, just just the error message box that comes. I just like, oh. <laughs> or maybe I should just replace that with the Picard face palm. Sure, and then get sued. I don't think you get sued for that. <laughs> for putting no, Picard in a commercial product, and I think I might. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Anyway, so Windows Ten. I mean, I want to obviously want to try it, but what's been the news about it? Something about. It like giving out your Wi-Fi password or something? Yeah, something weird about Wi-Fi sense. Like, can supposedly, I think it's meant to be a feature. Yeah, in that, like, people you know on your Skype list, for instance, it can give them your Wi-Fi password for when they're in your house or something. So it's all like, oh yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'll I'll just connect you up, no problem. Hmm. It sounds kind of neat in theory, but. But not everyone on your Skype list is probably someone you trust with yeah, your if you house. Yeah, you want to share that, yeah. If you want it to be opt-in or whatever. It sounds kind of cool as a feature, but they're obviously privacy concerns there. It's one of those things that if you could, if you're, I don't know, if Windows 10 was in charge of your router, for instance, and maybe there was a way of like saying, like when someone tried to connect to your router, it's like, yeah, it's fine, just allow these devices to work if they're, if the, if they're also registered in yeah. some way, like maybe if it was another Windows 10 device or something, it could just go, it could verify with it and say, yeah, no, that's fine. I know what this device is. Yeah, indeed. But then how would you define I know what this device is? Oh, I don't know. Probably Microsoft IDs. Ooh. That's a bit weird. Mm. So that is, I don't know about, if there's any news on the gaming tip with Windows 10, I think everything mostly works for sure, and and also DirectX 12 isn't. Well, it's not really done yet. Not really it, done yet. So, so so you have to wait on that one. But according to, I mean, rock paper shotgun say, um, should you upgrade to Windows 10? Mostly yes. So yeah. Oh yeah, people have been using the preview program. Have repeatedly said there's nothing wrong with it. Just do it. Yeah. So quite looking forward to. Uh, Checking that out, so that's a bit of news, sort of vaguely. Zach, you got to kind of upgrade from seven or wherever, whatever you're on. No, almost certainly not. Not until I don't know. Not service until my hard drive <laughs> crashes again. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, or service back one. I guess that also is why you there don't won't rule. be a service back one. <laughs> no, there, there, well, there, there sort of is, but they're not calling them service packs anymore. I think they're calling them service updates, and they happen very frequently. Yeah, yeah. So they will all be numbered, like one, two, three, four, blah, 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 blah. But there's like happening. I think they've already got the first one scheduled to happen in about a month. So right. it's so like, yeah, they don't, they're not really the same thing anymore. I saw a couple of like mainstream stuff, you know, BBC review of it and stuff. And they had some pointed out some weird things like in the new Edge browser, you can't right click and save as or something on a link. Oh, really? Whatever. That's a bit odd. For a file, it's like, uh, Okay, <laughs> so the, obviously there's gonna have it's quite bare bones that browser still. But I, th- I still think it's cool that they've done that. Edge. I think s- stuff like that will come into its like Edge and some of Windows 10's uh, approach will come into its own when they start doing um when when Cortana becomes a little bit more competent. Yeah, like, I, I admittedly I don't know what what Cortana on Windows is capable of doing because it's a little 
as I say, it's a little bare bones on the phone. It does some cool right. stuff when it knows what you're talking about. If it's regarding, I don't know, certain functions on the phone, like GPS or phone calls and stuff, and you attach reminders to people for when you know they're in the vicinity, you can do all of that. That's kind of neat. But if you want to ask it, like, I don't know, Google Now or the, the typical Siri-type questions that people like testing it out on, it has absolutely no idea. And just goes, I did a web search for something. And it's like, you know, it, it doesn't have all that depth of knowledge about, oh, I actually kind of semantically know what this thing is and just tell you an answer. Mm. I mean, that's what I want from these assistants. Like, I don't necessarily want to go to a web page. I want it to just tell me the answer of a question. Like, like, like I was asking a person. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what, that's the hope, isn't it? I, I mean, it's like, there are certain things about my contact list that you can't even ask. it. I tried to ask it for the phone number for someone and it didn't understand what I meant and Google searched that person. And it's like, no, no, that's, that's not what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just wanted to say, give me the contact number for someone. And it was like, just by looking uh, up in your contacts or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I just, I just wanted it to pull it up on screen and, uh, yeah, it didn't know how to do that. Yeah. Please don't bing it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I just binged myself. So, yeah. There you go. Windows. News. What else we got? News. Um, something about worms. What? Like Team 17 announced a game. Guess what game? Another worms. worms. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. How long ago was the last one? The last one was on Xbone, I think, late last year, I want to say. Mm, there might have been one earlier this year. Oh, really? It says it has concealing buildings, only granting internal vision to players with a worm inside, and it has tanks. <laughs> okay. Drivable hopping tanks. And it's what? meant to feel a bit like Worms Armageddon. Aren't they all, though? <laughs> Hasn't that been the goal ever since Worms Armageddon? It's just like, since how can we not too, make this it? feel like Worms Armageddon again? I was see it since Worms 2, isn't it? Because Worms 2 is basically the the blueprint for every game that has followed apart from the 3D ones. Hmm. Train. Oh, there you go. It's so anyway, awesome it's called Worms WMD, which is in <laughs> excellent taste, of course. That's a pretty great name, actually. The art style looks kind of nice, I guess. What was it? Oh, Worms Battlegrounds was the last one I heard of, but they did do a remastered version of World Party, which was the Dreamcast one. Right. Why would you? Why would they remake World Party? I, I don't quite understand. That was. Oh, oh no, I'm not sure that's actually come out yet. But it was. It's. It's on this list that I'm looking at as this year. So there, news. That looks okay for a Worms game. So that's exciting. Well, yes, they are, they are starting. Like, and this is very much a. Uh, I guess this isn't a bit that bigger thing to say but they are starting to introduce new elements which they haven't really done for a very mm. very long time yeah well that's two um, quite new things buildings oh well, yeah because the last one introduced water tanks. as as an element within the levels right so you could there were some fluid mechanics going on so you could you know flood worms out and stuff by opening pools holes for the pools to to drain into and stuff like that so, you know, yeah, they're adding stuff. Maybe they need to just be, like, you know, wait a few years 
and then add all of these changes into one game rather, well, than, all, yeah. rather than all these little ones Peace constantly mail. that yeah. no one really care about. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's the problem. There's so much worm saturation that no one cares anymore, right? It's just like this it has been that way. I'm just looking at this list and there's pretty much been a game every year since 2003. Right. It's... No, I mean, come on. Like, take your time, man. Love your games. So that's Worms News. Well, Other news. Uh, let's see. Heart of Gaming got burgled. Oh, man. Yeah. Did you see this? I did see this. Yeah, we went there, didn't we? Oh, was... We did go there. And it's like, I, it's not that, you know, we have the ability, or I have the ability to go there very often. It's not like we're particularly regular patrons. Not that we don't wouldn't want to be, I suppose. But it's it's more that, it's more a big deal, I think, or more a, a loved thing uh, because of the reason why it exists and what it's trying to do for, you know, to keep arcades and like that that whole community spirit of the old arcade and keeping it, making sure gamers aren't isolated people. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, yeah, they got burgled, and um, the thieves made away of about five thousand pounds worth of console kit. Apparently they took um, all the new consoles. Yeah, they took all the new consoles and left all the old ones. All the Rock Band kit, for instance, was still there, but the Xbox to, uh, to which it was attached is gone. <laughs> you can't sell Rock Band guitars at this point. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> but they, they could, I mean, that, that's the best part of this story, if the best part is the phrase to use, in that they didn't actually damage any of the arcade equipment, which is the stuff that would be very, very difficult to replace. Yeah, yeah. It'd also fucking if not impossible, impossible. to steal. <laughs> Well, yes, true. Because they're all uh, legit cabinets, the, the ones they have, you know, ones yeah. that are like professional arcade ma- machines. And it sounds like they have a good discipline of just not keeping any money in the machines at all. So Yeah. Well, there's no need to. No. Everything's on free play. So, yeah, it's a real shame. But, the, the, like, the feel-good part of the story is just how quickly the community responded. They put up a... Um, Oh, I, forget, I forget what the, what the service was, but it was one of those donation sites, um, and they basically just put a little campaign up there and it, for for the five thousand pounds of stuff that was that was lost, and uh, they, that basically succeeded. I think within a couple of days of just randoms, like I was watching it at some points, just seeing the reading the comments that they've got in. Most of the donations I think came from people that had never been, but just appreciate what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's cool, man. (laughs) It is cool, yeah. So So, I'm sure we'll probably go there again at some point and hopefully we'll fully recovered. Not to encourage the thieves to return, but it sounds like they're probably going to end up with a much sweeter arrangement than what they had before. (laughs) (laughs) Right, cool. So that's that news. Uh, I have some dumb news here, which I think um, is um, within the last two weeks. I'm not sure. Might we? I don't think we discussed it before, but um, the guy who plays Mac in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is going to be directing the Minecraft movie. Uh, right. There's, wait, there's a <laughs> Minecraft movie? Yeah. I knew there was the Telltale game. I didn't realize there was a film. Yeah. So, the, Well, Minecraft is a massive thing, I guess. But, I mean, yeah, you'd think like Microsoft would be very careful now owning it to make sure they got that kind of thing right. But I guess, you know, if you could do a Lego movie, I'm sure you could do a Minecraft movie. Sure. I mean, uh, as long as you have the right talent behind it. Yeah, it's, one of the, who, it's one of those things, right? The actual setting isn't as important as what you write into that setting. Mm, exactly. 
So it could be super cool. I mean, I don't know how they... I can't conceive of how they do it, but then I didn't really know how they do a Lego movie that was, you know... Not tied to a franchise or... Exactly. And they pulled that off amazingly, those guys. Yeah. And um, I don't know, like, how Sunny has, like... I can't write wrap my mind around how that kind of creativity translates to, like, a Minecraft movie. Like, I really like that show, but it's obviously not kid-friendly. Um, you've seen it, right, Rob? In fact... Um, I'm not sure I have, fact, I think I made yeah. you watch that one episode where they were in the restaurant. Oh, no, I do remember yeah. this. Yes, you did, <laughs> yeah. you, did, you did make me watch that, yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that should be interesting. Maybe when the Telltale game comes out, we'll have more of a clue what you could actually do with Minecraft stories. I mean, yeah, theoretically, maybe. you could do anything, but like, does that make it a Minecraft movie at that at that point? Do you reckon they'll go for like a um a, a consistent tone in the same way that Lego has kind of crafted its own tone? Possibly, with like you know, starting with the slapstick and then which they've sort of carried on to their now speakies. Do you think Steve will be in it? <laughs> well, they've, they've said Steve isn't in the Telltale one, or at right, least, yeah. or at least he's not one of the main cast. He'll probably turn up in the background. He'll probably be like one of those, like, he's just always there doing stuff in the background. (laughs) That's what I hope, anyway. Just opening portals to the never at random for some slapstick background comedy. Oh, wait, that's the Lego games. Oh. Oh. Yes. Well, I'll have to wait and see on that one. It'll probably be years. That'll probably be development hell for a while. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, sure. Although, as the... It's insane, the reach of Minecraft. It's ridiculous. Like, um, I don't know if I was telling you, but we were, uh, Kat was babysitting her, like, um, niece, who's like eight or nine or something. And she was all over Minecraft on that iPad, like, obsessed with it, basically. It's amazing to see. Oh, yeah. I, I, I actually, I think I know of fewer kids that don't. have no attachment to Minecraft whatsoever than people that yeah. than, than kids that do. And the thing is like like first person controls on an iPad is really weird, I think. Yeah. I don't know if I could play that and yeah, she was all going crazy for it, so I don't know. Well according to the Minecraft webpage, twenty million people have brought the PC slash Mac version. Twenty million. Oh, okay. That's a large number. I wonder how many of those are actually like uh, people purchases, or if they were like licenses they needed to buy to set up a like a number of kiosks at a school or at a um, at an event or something like these. Are, this is the Minecraft stage. Well, that's not going to make much of an impact on twenty million, is it? <laughs> I would depend. Don't know. Well, I guess not. I suppose that's twenty million across all versions of the game as well. Well, PC and Mac. Oh, just PC and Mac. Like not even the the uh, like Xbox addiction addiction uh, no. edition. No. Because it can't record that, because it's it's recording it by the Minecraft website where you create your account. So right, that's gotcha. actually counting the accounts. Gotcha. Huh, that's a big-ass number. Minecraft news. Do you reckon Minecraft might become the biggest-selling game of all time? Like, Isn't it, it already? I mean, no. What is? I actually don't know. But... Petrus? I don't know. Could well well if you count with every version of Tetris ever made, that might be that might be true. Video games. Man looks up thing on internet. Man looks up thing on internet. Here you go, Tetris. Yeah, that was a good guess. Tetris, then Wii Sports, then Minecraft. There you go. Then Grand Theft Auto Five. It's getting there. 
the gap between like um, the gap between Minecraft and Grand Theft Auto must be pretty large, right? Like, I don't. Yeah, know. it's so it goes Tetris one hundred million, Wii Sports eighty two million, Minecraft seventy million, Grand Theft Auto fifty two million. Eighty two million for Wii Sports. Yeah, that means there must have been like eighty two million Wii's out there. That's a lot. And the next one after GTA Five is Super Mario Brothers. Well, the original, original. Yep. 1985. Nice. Oh, weird. No, the Tetris at the top is not the 1989 one. It's the 2006 one. What? Wait, what? Wow. What is Tetris 2006? What what, what even? What was platform? PSP. Oh. Android, Blackberry. Man, that must be. Yeah, okay. Mobile sales. Holy shit! <laughs> so, what is the what is the Minecraft figure they give there then? They give seventy million. Okay, so wow, that means only the most of the Minecraft sales have not been on the PC or Mac, like through the old traditional version. They've all been the ports and mobile editions. Yeah, and... I guess that makes sense. Huh? That, that might be why they make so many versions of it. So there's a separate list for single platform. Which is all the Nintendo stuff. <laughs> it's Wii Sports mm. and then the Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, so there you go. That's amazing. The crafting lines. So that's the news on the Minecrafts. A um, little bit of news. Apparently, Star Wars Battlefront is going to have a team deathmatch mode, which might be quite fun, I guess. A bit less mm. pressure than crazy mode. <laughs> you know, in a, Battlefront deathmatch is, is never good. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I I could get into it, and I quite liked some of Battlefield 3's at least sort of smaller modes. The levels are never designed for it, and then no, that is the problem. Tried to like make a level, you just end up with like I distinctly remember where there was that. There's a level where it's like they tried to make a level out of a collection of city buildings, but then they've just put like a chain link fence around the edge of it to make the edge of the arena, and it's just really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> No, I agree. Yeah, there's, 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 the levels are somewhat haphazardly made in the Battlefield universe, but the, there's nothing wrong mechanically with how the game works. It's just well, yeah, the maps need a bit more. And the classic like problem of spawn spawn control being like ridiculous. Oh, but that's the same with any like of these. If they, if they were going for like the COD effect, where everyone basically just spawns everywhere, <laughs> then that would just be like it's like it's almost like classic TDM in that in that case. Like just spawn somewhere, deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Well, that's all my news. What else you got? Uh, not anything, really. <laughs> Ch- China are, are allowing video game consoles to be sold. Oh. After a 15-year yes. ban. Which has conveniently allowed the, that other bit, dumb bit of news. Which I don't have. Do tell. <laughs> Ouya was bought by Razer. How was it? Because Razer wants to make an Android-based games console for China. What, try and just get in there quick, you mean? <laughs> yeah, apparently. They're just like, holy shit, the market's over, go! <laughs> 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 Although what's really funny about that story is they bought Ouya, but they didn't buy the hardware. They're like, fuck that shit, <laughs> we're making our own thing. We only want your software assets. No, weird. <laughs> yeah, I guess Razer are a hardware company, aren't they? So I guess that makes sense. Have they already made like Android gamepad things? No, that's the Nvidia Shield, isn't it? Have they done something like that? 
laser. Mm, I think haven't Nvidia made a proper tablet now? Mm, like this is like a shield tablet now, I think, or like a proper device, which I heard was having battery overheating issues. It could explode in your hands. Right, that's not good. Don't nope. want explodey tablets. It's pretty bad. I know nothing else of it. I might as well talk about this bit in news because, you know, I haven't got a lot to add to my uh, Splatoon discussions. It's still awesome. But there's an enormous update. Well, the biggest update so far coming in the in the next week um, where they're, uh, they're changing a reasonable amount of stuff. So some of the things that people have been complaining about since the start, like um, being able to put together a team of people and stay with them, you know, sort of a lobby system. Um, they're adding some capabilities for that back in. Well, back in. They were never in there in the first place, but they're adding it in. Cool. Um, and also the ability to host private games, um, so you can just run run your own games of your, with your own settings and be able to customize stuff. Uh, so those those are the I guess the major changes. But they're also introducing new new weapon types and new levels. Uh, one of the existing levels is. Uh, <laughs> as as the game world puts it, is now under construction and will be slightly redef- redefined when when it comes out. They actually they go to the effort of making it like, oh, this 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 area is under construction, so you're not going to see this on the playlists for a while in its current state. Like they're trying to make it an in-world reason for for the changes being made by just taking it off the playlists. Oh, I see. Okay. In preparation for the update, it's kind of cool in a way. It, I mean, it's it's annoying in the sense that. Oh, that means that levels I can't play that level for a while. So there's actually one less level in the rotation now. But it's it's kind of neat that they went to the effort of trying to keep everything canon, I guess, in the Splatoon world. I think that's important to them. Keep kind of weird lore going. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so the new weapons they're in, they're they're adding is um, apparently a Splatling cannon. <laughs> so they're basically adding the heavy. Okay, yeah, sure. And uh and a bucket which they call the slosher and it just looks like a bucket. But I don't actually know how that's going to work whether you're like throwing artillery paint shots or something out of it by swinging it around or if it's uh, basically just another melee weapon. No one really no one really I don't think they they've released anything about how that thing's going to work, but it's just funny that it's a bucket. Let's <laughs> see how that works, but that is kind of cool. The slosher, they call it. Uh, yeah, so Splatoon updates on the way. Oh, and lots more gear, which is the bit I'm interested in. Just tons more gear. So where are we with the Wii U? What are the good Wii U games? We've got quite a few at this point. Got the, Wii, the Wii U's, like, you know, it's, it's not a bad system to own at this point. It's Splatoon, uh, Mario Kart, Smash Bros. Smash Brothers. Uh, Zelda remake, I guess, if you're into that. Yeah. Um, I you know, I quite liked new Super Mario Brothers. I thought that was a good game. Uh Bayonetta, obviously. Oh yeah, Bayonetta 2. Which is yeah. fabulous. And Lego City Undercover, if you're me. Indeed. Have you got uh, any other games for the for the system? Uh, I well, I like I I'm, I'm meaning to play 3D Land. Uh, sorry, 3D World. I really oh, want, yeah, 3D I really World. want to tackle that at some point. Um, 
but I haven't. Um, and I'd actually quite like to play Tropical Freeze as well. I haven't right. ever really played yeah. a Donkey Kong game properly other than DK64. Um, but it sounds like it might be my kind of platformer. Or at least the the, the, the two recent ones. Hmm. So, you know, the, the Donkey Kong Returns series, I guess. I could do so, with a re-release of um, the Mer- the Galaxy games. That would be pretty good. I wonder if they'll do that. They did it for Zelda. I don't know. Hey, I guess maybe. they were Wii games, though, weren't they? They so were Wii games. Already, like, compatible, are they? Can yeah. you play Wii games? It, it does play Wii games, but it, it right. doesn't um, upscale or anything like that. or doesn't right. run them at a higher resolution. So, you know, people that have tried running Mario Galaxy, for instance, in um, Dolphin, the, the right. emulator for GameCube and Wii. You can get it super uh, nice. So yeah, running that in an HD is pretty good. Yeah, I'd quite like to do that if it wasn't like quite illegal. I think it is. Well, it's it's I that murky it's area. And that if, well. Yeah, if you own the game, it, like technically the legal way to emulate is to own the game and to make a dump of your own discs or uh, something like that. Which actually, at that point, getting hold of the the PAL copy of the game, for instance, actually probably isn't a problem because it will be the same dump in theory. Right. Um, so that's not so bad. The only bit of emulation that is probably considered illegal, and this is the true at all times, is the fact you need a BIOS image in order to, to oh, do your so stuff. you need to dump the BIOS of the console. Yeah, so you would have to try and figure out how to dump the BIOS of your console, your console. in order to yeah. technically be legal. Yeah. But, okay. of course, no one does that because right. it's, a, it's a bloody hassle. Right. Fair enough. And you'll probably void your warranties and all that, all that gubbins along the way. So no, that's that's been true. I think that's been true since the PlayStation One style emulation, where getting a bio, getting a, a BIOS dump was was the bit that was hard. Righto. Emulation. Do it at your own risk, but it's pretty interesting stuff. Segary. Got any news? Yes. Uh, there was that Street Fighter V beta that got well fucked up because it was an actual beta. <laughs> okay. Well, it was a beta in the sense of this game is actually not really finished. very much in development. <laughs> well, the trouble was they did the classic thing where they, they sold access to the beta as like a pre-order bonus, kind of, in certain versions of the game. Sure. But... It's like this time when they did that, it was an actual beta and not just like an early access demo. <laughs> like they always are every other time. Sure. So when it broke, everyone was like, what? We spent our money to get this thing that doesn't work. And it's like, that's what a beta is. <laughs> yeah. Surprise, they actually used the proper definition of the word this time. <laughs> I think it's good to be on Capcom's side on this one, in a way. They they, they probably tested what they needed to test with that well, board. I'm not sure they actually did, though. That's the trouble. It's like it broke so much that not really anyone could play it, which right. maybe only tells you that your servers are fucked. It doesn't really tell you specifically how they're fucked. <laughs> well, I guess it's... Like, I better hope they have decent logging. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then they were basically, like, delaying and moving the beta around and extending the beta period and stuff, so maybe that'll actually happen at some point. Maybe it will work. The second. Maybe they'll attempt. do another one. Yeah, just to, just do another one later on and be like, okay, like we're bringing it back now. 
we need you we need to test some other stuff after you manage to break <laughs> we all that need other to stuff. actually test some yeah I mean betas in games tend to be not as a not necessarily as a as a true bug hunting exercise not really they're more about server load yeah things most like that. of them are load balancing yeah and obviously the main problem with this one was something to do with the server but it was just like really bad it wasn't just like lag or like load balancing issues it's like the whole thing just broke <laughs> yeah unless you're in those sort of um i don't know you're, you're doing those proper like closed testing routines which uh, dj kipling is often a part of these days yeah um then uh then yeah, you, you're you're likely not going to be testing anything that uh, bug wise. It's also it's always server time. It's always server stuff. It's like um, I remember the the one of the best beaters ever was the Blur beater. Um, they ran that for a week or two. I think it might have been an open beta, like anyone could just download the game and play it, which <laughs> I think may have led to its poor sales because everyone got their fill. Right, because it, it was quite. Chunky. They, they, there was a good few, few tracks in there and a good few cars, um, and basically showed off this is what the game is going to be, uh, very very well. Uh, and I, I, I think people may have got the who tried it may have got their fill from it. <laughs> the interesting thing I remember the, the one interesting thing I remember about the Blur Beta was that the, the, the menu music was um, a sort of very short loop of one of the songs that actually made it to the final game but that bit of the that bit of that loop that was in the beta never made it into the final game <laughs> it's like I, I probably rightly so because it was quite irritating <laughs> right it had a very sort of like weird and annoying like single note that would occasionally change pitch like the whole time like just doing that all the time and it's like I'm, I'm kind of glad you took that out Beaters. Yep, actual beaters. Maybe we can start bringing that back, like the actual yeah, meaning of the word. That'd be good. You could argue that maybe the Halo Five one countered. That was a bit problematic at first, but yeah, and that's quite that a long way from release too. Yeah, maybe that one's okay. So, how about for my final bit of news that I? haven't really been paying that much attention to, but, but I've just read. <laughs> How about that kickstarting ridiculousness of, of Red Ash from Concept? The, yeah, whole me- the whole Mega Man ridiculousness of let's kickstart four or five games simultaneously, because I don't know. Inafune is making a bit of a shit show of himself at the moment. I don't know. It, it, it's He's becoming somewhat untrustworthy, I think, as a result of all of this. Well, you know, it just got worse because this this new story is actually that the the game Red Ash that was originally on Kickstarter. To, so as as I heard about it, it's like it was originally on Kickstarter with a pretty low goal, and the the like the low goal was to make like a a sort of was it to make know, like a prologue, it, yeah, like or? a prologue. Yeah. To, to a game that theoretically might happen but then it was one of those it's one of those things that people have done on Kickstarter where it's like you set a low goal but you say like you say what that low goal is actually going to make which is like the prologue but then it's like if we continue to get funding then we'll actually make the game yeah <laughs> so that was how that originally appeared but apparently now 
some Chinese publisher has just come in and said, okay, we'll fund you to make it. And now they've changed the Kickstarter to be all the funding on the Kickstarter is content. Oh, right. Which is so that, sort of weird. It is like, a bit weird. It's like, it's, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Like Presumably it's a good thing because they're actually like... A, <laughs> there's going to be a whole game. I yeah, guess. They, well, they're, they're, they've adjusted it to fit the situation that has occurred. Like, you know, these Chinese... This, or was it Chinese? Did you say this? Yeah, Chinese. yeah. Chinese Chinese funding has come in, and they're all like, "Ah, oh, well, now, okay, we're going to be making this game regardless because we've got some money, but we've already got this Kickstarter running. Uh, we're going to have to change it." That I think I'm okay with. That sounds like a very businessy thing that could happen, and it did happen, so that's fine, right? And in the, surely the backers are now anyone that's backed it is just going to get more as a result of this. Is that really a bad thing? Well, I guess so. Unless I don't know, it depends if there was some weird Kickstarter tiers or something, but probably not. If it, if they were only funding for like a prologue, no. But I mean, like <laughs> you have yeah. to assume that you'd get everything if it went to the long. Yeah, reasons. exactly. Like presumably the 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 links say, "Oh, back this much, and you'll get a, a key to the game or something, a Steam key or something when it comes out." Or uh, access to the beaters or something or you know that's how they normally do that stuff so you would yeah you would hope that it's like now that there's it's going to be funded and be a bigger you know the game that it should be wow you hope so yeah have they still done that like so i heard that they i don't know if this is in the, it was in the adjusted or the original version but even with the bit of the prologue after that they had like a world sketched out saying okay we're going to be able to build these bits of the world with this much funding and these bits of the world with this much funding and it's like and even the i think the the, the furthest stretch goal seemed to have bits missing because people uncovered um some of the artwork that was used to come up with this and it's like oh you, as you can see in the complete artwork you can see that the whole world is supposed to look a little bit like a robot thing and it's like but in the in the versions there they're only, they're telling us about. There's all this just stuff missing. It's like, have they already made a DLC cut? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they just kickstart another bit. That's probably true. Because the thing is, it says, but he's got says, a lot on as well, isn't it? It's not just well, yeah. this. It's like he's he's supposedly involved with that newly announced Recall project. Yeah. Um, which, in fairness, he's probably you know his team aren't developing that armature. Um, we'll be handling probably the bulk of the work on that. Um, but you know, everyone's just like, "Can we get Mighty Number no. Nine out now, please?" <laughs> well, uh, which, 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 he, which he said was done, but it's been delayed apparently. So, I don't know what's going on, Mister Inafune. Give us some games. You need to actually put something out now, otherwise we're all going to get a bit fed up with you. Yes. Kickstarter. It's a thing. <laughs> it has many challenges and is, if nothing else, is a source of news discussion. <laughs> so Kickstarter is technically funding us. <laughs> <I don't> news! <know. laughs> Are we done with news? I think we might be. We did, we, pretty, done with you. We, we did pretty good for a week, a couple of weeks where I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> it's time for what you've been playing. Uh, Rob, what have you been playing? 
Oh. I've been playing South Park and finishing that off. Oh, sweet. The Stick of Truth. Boy, does that game go places. It does? I mean, in the in, in its setting, it's like it doesn't mechanically go places, and that is one of its, uh, I suppose, right. downfalls, in that the, uh, the combat becomes somewhat trivial once you unlock Kyle as a buddy character. Right, you're basically just trying to get through to more jokes and story yeah pretty much yeah the, the actual game element of it becomes a bit of a this is um, i mean i was playing it through a normal mode maybe in hard mode it becomes more of a but maybe there's a bit more to it or perhaps you have to pay more attention but there's uh yeah me being thorough or thorough ish on my playthrough i was quite overpowered for some of the stuff right yeah and uh so yeah, mechanically it doesn't really go anywhere, but yeah, I thought it was messed up before, but then there were certain spots of that game where you're just like, oh my god, you really did that. That's the balls you must have. <laughs> Which is both hilarious and disturbing and yeah, just baffling how they get away with this stuff. Well, it's not even on TV at this point. No. It's something you've bought and paid for or whatever only on your pc or or games console i guess yeah you know they're just freely using references from here that and everywhere so i know they've probably all been almost all of them have been in the show before it's like actually in a weird way not many of the jokes are probably brand new you know somewhat recycled from the show but in a sort of very fan pleasing way shall we say it's kind of a fan game but Boy, I, some of that I, mm. <laughs> just mm. it it's it's one of the I, I think it might have been the only game I've been playing where Gnome has left the room not because the game was noisy or <laughs> particularly uh, irritating to what she was trying to achieve in the house, but uh, like she just couldn't look at it. It was just like I can't like I just can't I can't be in the same room as this. Right, it's too, it's it's too much. Too extreme. It's pretty the grim. Imagery. <laughs> yes. It's pretty grim. Although that is uh, South Park's talent in general. It's like yes, you know, taking taking really the far. super grim and somehow making it funny. Somehow. And I guess it was a little disappointing as well that the main uh, threat of the game was kind of all there was in that Oh, right. there, 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 something unmasked as the greater threat. Or something. It's kind of there's a couple of there's a couple of late minute twists that are pretty hilarious and come straight out of left field. You know, like oh wow, you did that. That's really cool. Like <laughs> again, sort of like callbacks to the show. And if you knew what was going on with certain characters and things in the past, then right. or then then suddenly something turns up involving them, and you're like oh wow, that's cool. That's cool. Okay. And they, and they they make that stuff pretty funny, um, but ultimately the mate the threat that you see for like the the basically two thirds of the whole game is pretty much just the threat. And once you deal with that, it's like, yep, game's done now. Right, roll credits. Yeah. Uh, I guess so that's their first game. Yeah, yeah, sure. It kind of makes me hope that the the next one, perhaps they're going to have to be more original in it. They're going to actually. I mean, I know they're pulling on some of the stuff that they didn't in this game, like the coon, and their more than and more of their superhero um, 
themed games as opposed right. to suppose to this um, humans versus elves setting. Yeah, because this one sort of came from the 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 what was it the tale of the two towers, the return of the Lord. What's the name of the episode? Oh, I can't remember exactly, but it's the one where they're playing Lord of the Rings, isn't it? And they're trying to return the uh... the return of the Fellowship of the Ring to the two towers, right? Yeah, that, I think <laughs> trying, that's the name of it. Yeah. Trying to return the video to the video store. And it turns out it's backdoor slots nine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Does that turn up in the game? There's a, there's there's a tiny tiny reference to it. It's, it's one of the junk items you can find. <laughs> Sweet. It's just a copy of backdoor slots nine. And it seems like everyone still has an Akama game sphere just hanging about in a chest of drawers somewhere. Oh, right. You find quite a lot of those because they abandoned that. Like because uh, in for, for a long time, South Park has just straight up said the real games console names. Yeah. Games. <laughs> no, there wasn't any Towly action, actually. No Towly. I don't think there was any Towly. He appears. Th- mm. He appears as like a, a, a one of the loading symbols, <laughs> and and the um the tooltip text that comes up during that load says, "Don't forget to bring a towel." <laughs> but, but I don't think <laughs> he actually appears in the towel. game, oh, unless he's okay. unless he's a super secret or something. But yeah, pretty good as as a Super Four. If you're a fan of the series, it's kind of a no brainer. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Um, I, I know people that were, have been put off by the fact that it is an RPG, and RPGs of that turn based style combat can be somewhat repetitive and can be somewhat boring for some people. So I do know people that, as much as they kind of like the idea of that game, they just don't want to play it because of how it plays. And this one doesn't have the most variety of that kind of. No, anyway. definitely not. Definitely not. Um, it's a means to an end, but yeah, not not particularly inventive, I guess. Um, but if you're okay with that, then just play it. Man. It's cool. Don't play it if you're easily offended by anything. You have to be. You can't. The only way you could actually be into South Park, right, is if you're not offended by anything in the world ever. Do you think? Yeah, you think? Pretty, pretty much, unless it's like a personal attack, sure. But right, there's no ground they haven't covered in some capacity. Yeah, well, they always do this like um, thing where they 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 say the moral is like the halfway between both sides, usually. Mm. They usually do that at the end of the episode. They wrap up by saying, oh, both sides are crap, so burn it. It's just kind of annoying. We should have done nothing all along. They're, they're like libertarians, basically, I think. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not sure I agree with their politics all the time, but still. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's funny. Uh, so there's that. Uh, I've continued playing Massive Chalice. Massive Chalice. So, did we talk about that? We might, I must have talked we about did. that last time, yeah. Um, Double Fine and um, I don't actually know who who else is on it if it was just Double Fine internal or if someone else was involved and they published who knows um, yeah I'm continuing to play that I'm, I'm very close to the end of the 300 years of Chalice charging um, so I'm getting into the end game thing I had a bit of a moment where that I couldn't do a great deal of about where you know how in XCOM um, you get to the state it, like where you can lose nations from the council Um this, yeah, this yeah, game yeah. 
this game kind of has the equivalent of that where if the corruption level in a certain region gets too big then that region basically just gets totally destroyed right um and it it got to the point where the com i've where the combinations of where I could defend, uh, I was left with an impossible decision where there were three places being attacked at once and I could only pick one of them. Um, and the result of that outcome would be that the two play that two of those regions would just be destroyed. It's like, there, like whichever one I picked, there was no way out of the situation. It's like, Oh no. So I've actually had two of my regions totally destroyed at this point. Oh, and, and and now it's kind of like I need to just hold out for the last few years and see what the end game is. Because I've got tons of people. Like, I've been breeding well. I managed to breed back into society. Good breeding, good breeding. <laughs> I've managed to breed back into society some of the classes that I lost early on. And basically just got a handle on everything. It's like, it's not too bad. Um, okay. Like, nice. I, got, I got myself in a comfortable position. Um and, until this moment, and it's like, oh, I know, I lost two breeding houses. What's going to happen? Ooh. They're called keeps. They're not called breeding houses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's how you're referring them, because yeah. that's what they do. That's their function. Yeah. It is very much still, like, I can only really describe it as XCOM light. Like, from about the halfway point, you kind of start to wish there was slightly more to it. Right, yeah. Like, there were slightly more mechanics, there were slightly cleverer things that you needed to worry about with, with regards to your population and stuff. You do start just going through the motions. Um, as I say, once you get into a comfortable position, there's not a lot of game there, I guess, anymore. Um, other than making sure you're not a complete idiot during the tactical battles. There's like there's, there's only like four or five different enemy types. I want to say like really, and they they basically just become an advanced version of those as you get later on. So it's not a great deal of variety to how the to where the combat goes past the halfway point. You're not really being introduced to new enemy types anymore, um, which is one of the things XCOM did really well. Yeah, yeah, they were because it was terrifying when there were new enemy types in XCOM. Yeah, you're like, what's that? I don't know. How do I deal with this? Like some of the more challenging um, battles have been the ones where it, you've got your they're they're directly attacking one of your keeps or something, because um, you basically have your two regents stood on their own on one side of the map, and obviously they'll be chances are they they won't have been in your vanguard at any time, so they'll be quite low level, um, and then your heroes land basically on the opposite side of the map the whole time, so you have to try and get your heroes to them in a vain attempt of trying to save them. Before, before they get immediately murdered by the crowds, get the getting getting to them. It's a, those those are quite challenging to just. Most of the time, I lose a regent. I will lose one, and I'll keep the other one. Because you're just sort of pegging it across the map, trying to get there. Yeah, but of course, on the way, you're passing hordes and hordes of people and getting stuck in fights and stuff. So it's uh, it's quite those those are quite difficult, but somewhat interesting because they break up the flow a little. It's cool. I, I really like the music in that game. It has to be said. The mu- I think the music is pretty excellent. Oh, maybe a contender for yeah. There's some, some the really nice sort of just floaty strings and some nice piano stuff in there. It's uh, it's quite it's quite nice. It's quite nice. It's sort of it's just enough of a a hook to the tunes that they they get in your head that little bit. You don't mind sort of thinking of them when you're not playing the game. That kind of stuff. It's it's cool. It's cool. I really I really like what they did with the soundtrack. Has its place. 
and its uh, so, places in this game. Yeah. So Massive Chalice, available on... I think that's available on Xbone and there's a PC version, so... Uh, I would, I would, I would have a look. I would give it, give it a look. If you can't just, if you just can't wait for XCOM two, pr- I don't know what it's even costs, so I can't even advise you on that front. Check it out. Check it out. Check to check, check, check to check it out. Uh, and because I finished South Park, this opened up some more time to play something else. So I, as as I promised, I finally got round to playing Ori in the Blind Forest. Oh, cool. Okay. How are you finding it? How's it going? It is an incredibly pretty game. Yeah. Holy, I mean, like if if you've seen any of the footage of you know how it act, how it's been at E3 and stuff like that, and in the past, and presumably reviews from earlier in the year and stuff, it really does look great just in action. Like just seeing it in sixty frames per second, and all the animation is brilliant, and all the like little wispy effects that everything has, like. It just just looks really nice. The way that just the foliage moves and stuff, it's a it's a very well thought through visual design. It's uh yeah, it's a beautiful game. I really like that. I mean the prologue is basically what we saw in its E three reveal, that sort of that tale of your companion effectively dying. Right, um, yeah. It's like, you know, spoiler alert, I guess, but it it happens right well, at the start yeah, of the game. So the and it's like the way that's done when you see the full thing, it's really it's really very well set. They do some clever stuff with just like, it feels like a proper animation, you know, not just a a bit of game that you have to sit through. They've done a really fantastic job at uh, putting that whole scene together. It's got a touch of the Panzer Dragoon Order to it in the way that the 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 ancient tree, I suppose, talks to you. You know, like I mean, in between the levels in Panzer Dragoon, you yeah, used to get that weird that weird voiceover and stuff. It's a bit I like mean, that. That had a really weird, kind of cool, creepy vibe. That Panzer mm. Dragoon Auto. There's something strange about the atmosphere of that game. That game is very unique in feel. Yeah, mm. they do they do that thing though, where the text sort of appears in the world, and you hear that this made up language try and read it to you and stuff like that. But it's it's happening mm. in the, during the game. Okay, so that's you, cool. You'll reach certain points, and it'll be like it, the tree. It's it's being told as if the tree was retelling this as a tale later on. Um, so it's uh, every now and then you'll see this who's which water Audi just appear on screen, and it's it's kind of cool. Um, so it basically plays it plays pretty good as well. I had some trouble getting the PC version to run smoothly. It didn't like my multi monitor setup. Um, so I'm trying to get it to like I've been playing it on my TV, like through an HDMI cable feeding into the to the amplifier and stuff. And uh, but while I had my computer monitors turned on at the same time, I had quite a lot of little micro stutters happening. So it doesn't seem particularly happy with multimon. Um, oh, that's annoying. Even if there's just two monitors running like on my normal computer, you know, not running to the telly, there's still a little bit of hitching going on. But so as long as you turn them all off and you're playing it on a single monitor, then I get I get pretty good performance out of it, um, which is a little bit of a shame because it's just that little extra level of awkwardness that you oh, don't really to get it started up. Yeah, yeah. it's um, like that bloody, um, you know, certain games doing that thing that you saw in my thing with the bloody Windows Aero experience or whatever. Oh god, those things. Yeah, those are that's that's that is properly annoying. Uh, hopefully, Windows Ten won't have that. Yeah. I guess it's, but yeah, the, the, I would imagine there's very little chance of that happening in 10 because no. error is pretty much gone, isn't it? And yeah. 
Uh, so that, that's kind of frustrating. And I also think that some of the visual design plays against the gameplay to some degree. So the gameplay is kind of like very, uh, you move quite fast. You're, you're very small on the screen. And so it, that's led people in the past to make some kind of Meat Boy style comparison. Like, so you're, it, you're, the way you platform in that game is relatively similar. Um, once you've unlocked certain abilities and once you've got to a certain point in the game, like it takes a while for you to unlock a double jump and it takes you a while to unlock your ability to climb up walls by jumping off of it in a sort of wall jumpy way that like you can in Meat Boy, that kind of stuff. Um, and so the gameplay ends up being like, oh, here's a new ability you have. Uh, here's a single super simple example on how to use that. And then the very next room is a very complicated thing using the new ability that you've just got. The game is hard. Okay. Like it's it's hard in, in a good way in that it's not... Uh, ever frustrating enough for you to go, ah, oh, fuck this shit, like throw the controller down. It's hard in the way that it's... Um, but you have to take it seriously. Yeah, it? which is made somewhat complicated by its save system. So you have an energy meter, and you can expend a blob of the energy meter to create a save point. Oh, okay. Now, un- unless you do this on a regular basis, there's a high likelihood that when you die, you will just go back to your previous save point. The game basically doesn't auto-save very often at all. So knowing where your limits are, I guess, in terms of uh, how often you need to do that is, is also is a question of managing your energy meter as well as your patience, I suppose. Which is sort of interesting, but very annoying when you realize you haven't saved for... A, a, like quite a while. <laughs> I, I hate games that muck with save systems. I don't know. Like I would have played a lot more through Alien. I think if it had a more more normal save system, for example. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, the the advantage to it is is that if you're having a particularly hard time with a segment, then and you've got enough energy, just create a save point in the middle of it. Get past the first hard bit, create a save point, and then try and tackle the the just the second hard bit. Yeah, um, in a, in a sequence. Um, so the, you know when you when you've got enough energy, that plays out pretty well, and there's nothing really wrong wrong with it in that situation. But it's, as I say, it's just when you forget about it that that it can screw you over. Like if you've got if you go into a boss fight or something like that, or a, or a can sequence or something, it will always auto save at the start of the sequence, um, and chances are it won't let you create a save point during the sequence because it's like oh you can't you can't create it while you're in peril or something. Um, not that you probably ever would have time to do it during those sequences, but it's 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 an interesting system. I, I'm not sure it's quite refined enough. I'm not sure it works entirely positively, but it's interesting that it's there. Mm. Um, so I guess the, the only other, uh, I guess, uh, controlling issue I might have with some of this stuff is that there are times where the visual design actively works against how the game actually functions. So combat is, there are enemies in the game and you can fight them. Um, But the basic idea is that you have to mostly focus on just getting out of the way of the attacks while smashing X and X will basically auto lock on to the, to the things and start sending lightning bolts their way. Okay. Um, So, but the problem with that is, is that the game looks so good and everything has this sort of wispiness to it so as things move there's a nice sort of like ghost trail behind things that actually it becomes kind of difficult to see what's going on when you're throwing oh, all no. this lightning about so the art style is sort of clashing with the actual gameplay <sighs> a little bit yeah which is a, a bit of a sh- you get used to it 
it's a little bit you, there's a little bit of the geometry wars effect where you sort of you learn to live with the bloom <laughs> to a certain degree right and yeah. uh, but but it, it can be frustrating at first when you can't see this tiny little projectile like underneath your attack um comes and hits you yeah i mean you you know everything's very zoomed out everything's very small anyway so it's like when it's covered in this bloom it can be a little a little difficult probably more so than it needs to be um but it, but it does look good man does it look good uh so i'm really liking it thus far it's definitely scratching that sort of metroidy itch it has one massive overworld basically and then there's three dungeons that you have to do throughout the course of the game um, i've done the first one so far um and there's plenty of places where you realize it's like oh right i probably I, I can see something up there but i've got i don't know how i'm supposed to get to this point yet until probably there's some ability i need for later on in order to do that and so it's scratching that itch right yeah um and it's also nice that the open world has zero, you know, it is just a single uh, level. There's like no loading between going to new areas and stuff like that. There's just, it's, it's, oh, I always like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great at that. There's, there's just, there's no transition between, you know, there's no, there's no hard stop at any point. Everything is just in the world. And that's, that's really great. I mean, it even does the meat boy thing of when you die, you instantly respawn at your last save point, like instantly. Um, wherever that may be, however far away in the world it was since you last awesome. saved, it's that's instant. Great. And it's really that good. stuff is really well done. Um yeah, so I'm I'm really liking it. It's 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 uh it's making me smile. <laughs> Although Gnome did Gnome has had one criticism of it as well and that the music makes you makes it sound like someone's about to die, which actually <laughs> Given given the circumstances of how that game starts, not not far from the mark, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, but perhaps it needs a little bit more jolliness to it. I don't know. <laughs> right, a bit unrelentingly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, morbid, yeah. But yeah, it's so far really impressed. Pretty cool thing. Cool. Are we in the blind forest? Yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing. That's quite a bit. Finished right. one game. I played a bit more Splatoon, another. obviously. Splatoon, yeah. So, oh, they released another new level for it. You know, the one that was in the trailers, um, where they, it looked like it was a uh, like a wooden treehouse type thing. Um, that, that that level finally actually came out, and it's a it's a pretty cool ranked uh, level for ranked play. Um, the splat zone game type. I've still, still not been able to get into a game like whenever I've logged onto it. That tower control game type is has, has not been on, <laughs> so I've still yet to try that. Not, not for a lack of trying. It's just, just never been on. <laughs> like they need to put out a timetable or something. Yeah, maybe. They probably alternate right now, but it's just like when I'm, I haven't been on for a while during a a, st- a stage switch. So, well, if they alternate like every two hours, then you'd never get on if you were doing it at the same time every day because it would always be in phase. Yeah. I, oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's true. I have to change up my routine. <laughs> so that is me. So now it is Zeg's time. 
I got that done real quick, just looking at the timer. It's like, we're, we're, we're flying. <laughs> what have you been playing, dude? There's not too much to talk about, really, is there? Uh, I played some more Dirt Rally, still. I got through another whole Masters Championship in the 2010 cars. It was really weird. It was really dumb because, like, the first, my first attempt of, like, getting to Masters and the 2010 cars, I got through that. And <laughs> it's a bit weird when you get to the end because it's just like you, you come to the end of the championship and, like, a, you know how you get the pop up which tells you when you've been promoted. Right. Well, yeah. when, obviously, when you're in Masters, the pop up is just like, congratulations, you've completed the. The championship, but you didn't win. You needed seven more points to win. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, then. it doesn't even show you like the actual score table or anything. It's just like this tiny line of text that's like, you missed out by seven points. Do better. Try harder. So all you can do is just keep trying it, right? I guess. Yeah. Because there's nothing to unlock or anything. No. So it was like the first time I did it, I missed by seven points, and the second time I did it, I I missed like I came second by twenty three points. No bloody hell! But it, it's like it wasn't because I did any worse. It was just like the randomness of the of the AI turned out just made one of them really good. It was like he. It was really weird because he like came eleventh in the first rally and then first in all of the other three. <laughs> oh wow! Right. Okay. So I'm it kind of sucked. You can do about that. I was like, I thought I was, I thought I had a hope because I was doing consistent with like thirds and fourths or whatever, but it wasn't quite enough to counteract consecutive firsts. I thought I was going to be okay with his eleventh, but that's the problem with any like sort of like racing game with like championships and stuff. Like it's always just, it always feels slightly better when it's not the one other competitor to like win or you know th- this guy's always going to come first this guy's always going to come second yeah but he it always feels always better comes it. first and it's like it's not like that in dirt rally it's no it isn't don't do get me wrong around. don't get me wrong most of the time it isn't and it's the you know f-zero is another great example of that there are certain certain times where certain players are better at other tracks than others and it's uh and that 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 feels quite good because you can sort of game the championship in a way and that you sort of know oh i only need to beat this guy and i'll be fine um, I don't need to win this race. I just need to need to make sure I'm ahead of that dude. <laughs> yeah. But when, like in your case, I suppose if this guy was winning all of them, then it's like, no, nope, can't, can't, can't play it that way. It was like after the first, the, when he came first in the second rally, which was Greece. It was like, oh, he's the Greece. He's he's Greek, so that makes sense. But okay, then right. he continued to come first. It was like, oh. <laughs> In fairness, that has happened to me most of the time. There's always a Finn that seems to win. <laughs> well, wait until you get the finish tracks, then he'll really win. He'll really win. He'll win harder. Yes. And I also read about some read some more information about the out about Rallycross coming up in the next pack. Oh yeah. Apparently, there's only going to be two tracks. What in total? Two tracks in this first pack, and then one more added later on. Mm, that's not a lot. No, it's not. <laughs> but that's kind of poopy. I'd rather have rally stages than rally cars. Yeah, I mean, this is just confirming my fears in a way about the, the, their content strategy just not being enough. Well, it's like we said before, probably, that you kind of hope that to a certain extent, once you've generated the assets for one rally stage, it becomes much easier to make new ones. Mm. 
because then you're just sort of just rearranging all the assets in a different way sure, <laughs> to some like extent. You, yeah, it's not like you probably need to come up with whole new textures for what you want to achieve because what you want to achieve is probably already there. You just want a different ribbon. But the trouble with that is that they seem to be like they seem to want to make their rally stages based on real stages, and that requires them actually going out and mapping the stages to some extent. Mm. Like they're not exact replicas of the exact stages, but they're like similar in layout. Yeah, presumably they need to look at the sorts of corners that are actually used. You know that kind of thing. And just yeah. Be like, let's, let's, okay, how is how does this work? How does the flow of these stages feel? And try and replicate that. But then you know everyone is arguing about whether it's whether it's going to whether it'd be weird to have like here's the real stages and here's something that we just made up that we thought was cool. And it's like does that make it does does that automatically make those worse in some way? Would you even notice? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure we would notice. Well, no, maybe, we, maybe rally aficionados might say that's not what Sweden looks like or something. <laughs> also, when I was reading about the upcoming content it the it's not very well specified because this is like the last couple of packs that they've got lined up in their like calendar or whatever but it's they it seems to suggest that they're going to do finland and sweden as two separate things because finland is is there labeled but then like the one after that is like specifically it doesn't say a country it just says like snow and i'm like well that's sweden then isn't it <laughs> That's got to be the last country. So maybe we will get both the fan, the fancy, the the gravel and the snow stages. Yeah. Maybe maybe soft banks. Soft yeah, banks they snow. did mention that as well, where they said that they might be redoing the physics of the embankments. I think we mentioned that last time. They mentioned it again. <laughs> You were showing me last week, like while we were not re- recording podcast, how you've had some uh, some physics glitches. Well, it's like I'd never really had one as bad as as you kept saying your ones were. Yeah, I had like, one as bad as what you were saying. In, in fairness, I, in fairness, the one you showed me because you, you conveniently recorded it. Um, that was much much worse than I think anything I've I've experienced. <laughs> What he managed to basically like hit a rock and it somehow flip not in the way you expect it sort of backflipped or something weird well it was like it was like i was coming around a hairpin and it was i was going uphill and like i went too far on the inside and it was on monaco so there was a bit of snow and then like a rock there and then as i sort of hit the rock with my front Left front right hand side i flipped forwards onto the roof and i was like how the hell did that physics work it's like i was even going uphill so that makes it even less likely to flip forwards yeah, it just feels like they did, didn't feel like there'd be nearly enough momentum to cause anything remotely like what happened yeah because i wasn't going fast either so it's just like this weird you know sort of just perhaps your back wheels would have come off the ground a bit but you did, there's just there's no way that would have flipped no way which makes me think that for some reason the triggers to make your car, you know, I've always felt that for some reason the 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 point at which a car decides to go flying uncontrollably seems weirdly too low. Like it just seems very flip happy. Well, sort of, but not in the ways that you want it to. It's like it doesn't, it doesn't. It's never seemed like it correctly manages like weight shifting, body roll type rolling. Because like mm. once you when you start rolling, it always feels really weird. It's like it doesn't. You don't feel like there's any weight really to the car. You're just like casually rolling <laughs> over. <laughs> and like yeah. 
especially in rally cars because they're all meant to have like super low center of gravity so you should you should really be able to see it in like the roll where it should be like faster towards when like wheels down or whatever it should be unstable when it's on its roof and that kind of thing you'd expect yeah, yeah you should rock a little bit right <laughs> or quite a lot or like almost self-right to some extent or like be more likely to land wheels down i guess yeah but you don't really feel that at the moment. It just feels like there's yeah, no, it, no real weight to anything once you actually get off your wheels. I wonder if they're actually like maybe they are still using their old physics models, you know, and that where they they you know the, the the Codemasters thing that everyone always complains about, I guess, with some of how their things handle. It's you know it's a, a point in the middle of the car is how everything is modeled. It's not like proper wheel-by-wheel physics that, you know, we've come to see in games like Forza or Project Cars and stuff like that. It's, uh... Well, it doesn't feel that way to me anymore, but I don't know. No, it it definitely feels much, much better than what it has done in the past, but at the same time, it's like maybe they've just managed to refine that model. Like, because maybe the centre of gravity isn't isn't modelled correctly, and it's just like, when when things roll, it is just, like, assuming the centre of gravity is in the middle or something. Yeah, maybe. It's kind of hard to tell exactly what it's doing. Uh, do- doesn't really matter. <laughs> so if you don't crash, but it does matter. It, it feels fine. <laughs> sure. When you're on the road, it's fine. <laughs> Which is 99% of the game or more. <laughs> Ideally, yes. <laughs> so yeah, I did some more of that. And then I decided that maybe I should stop playing in the 2010 cars now that it's fully upgraded and everything and just go back to the start. Buy some of the cars that I skipped and start leveling them up as well. I, I haven't done that yet. I bought I bought one of the other rear-wheel drive 70s cars, and that seemed well easier to drive than the Stratos. <laughs> so that's really? kind of hopeful. That bloody Stratos, God damn it! Well, I've been driving the Opal like for that. Right, uh, you know, one of the new cars they added, yeah, and it's uh, that seems perfectly reasonable. <laughs> God damn it, the Stratos seems crazy. I'll ha- I haven't actually tried the Stratos since I started using the steering. I mean, wheel, I got so used we'll to have it. to see, yeah, whether it because I was that you know when I was driving the Stratos, I was still using the keyboard, <laughs> so that was crazy. But yeah. I don't know. I bought this other rear-wheel drive 1970s car that I bought. Seemed real, really easy to drive, and I was like, "Oh man, I might actually be able to win the Masters Championship with this thing." <laughs> hmm. Depends what the like comparative CPU, how well the AI handles the 1970s cars, I guess. Yeah. Not that it's necessary. I don't know. Whether, it's hard to tell, like, what they've done for the AI. It's like, is it some kind of like hidden simulation, or is it just like here's some random number generator that's like, oh, this guy did shit. This guy <laughs> did good. I would wager that it's more the latter, but based on some statistical um, analysis of what how you know what, of people's actual times trying to play that level. I mean, the thing that you that I is sort of noticeable is that as you level up through the different tiers, it doesn't necessarily make the computer players that much faster. It just makes them all more consistent. So, like, the gaps get smaller. Hmm. Which so makes they're not, it... They're not pulling stupidly harder times as you level up, you mean? No, not really. That's kind of that's kind of good, actually. I think I think that makes a bit more sense. 
in the, in the way that they're trying to represent that game anyway. I think that's a that's a good thing. But in, in some ways, that sort of also almost makes it easier to win because it's like <laughs> I've had a couple of times where it's been like as long as you don't, as long as you don't fuck up there's a relatively high probability that eventually one of the computer players will, and then they will just move up positions because they, their time gets shitted. <laughs> I have relied on that in the past, yes. And that, it, but it, because of the gaps being a lot closer in the higher tier, it's like it's quite easy to... I had like a couple of times where I was consistently get, sitting in fifth place in like stage times, but then I ended up coming second because the other three people above me eventually had one stage where they got destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> So that's sort of helpful. Yes. I guess that sort of makes sense from a rally context. If you don't screw up, then you'll probably be, probably be okay. <laughs> Versus the people who do screw up. It's very true. Life lessons don't screw up. <laughs> you'll probably be okay if you don't screw up. Yes. So that was that. And then I also played quite a lot of well, I guess I still played some Terraria. I haven't actually got to the end of it. Got closer than I've ever gotten to getting to the end of it. <laughs> you still haven't been able to take out that last boss? No, last boss is... Well, we haven't really attempted again. On the plus side, they won, like one of the patches since last time we played, they added... They made it so that you could use an, a summoning item to summon the last boss. Because all the other bosses just have a thing where you just use the item and it spawns them. So you can grind them or fight them multiple times or whatever. If you fail, you can just get them back easier. But the last boss didn't have that. So you had to go through this whole like multi-step process to cause it to spawn every time you failed. But now apparently not. Now you can just make an item. So you should be good. Alright. <laughs> It's like it kind of sucked more for the last boss because like the whole the the multi like the process you have to go through to spawn the last boss sort of fucks with your world. Like it spawns these <laughs> <laughs> well, just in general. Your life outlook is irrecoverable. Yeah. Well, it's it spawns like these four floating pillars over your terrain, like quarter of the way along the map on each side. Uh, and like each of the each of those pillars creates like an air of effect area of effect around it where that that type of those specific types of enemies will spawn and it, sometimes it has like actual physical effects on the world like one of them affects gravity so it can just like make you float in midair and that just makes it really inconvenient if you want to for example go somewhere in your world it's just like i have to get through this death zone to get to the other side of the map <coughs> so that kind of sucks so now you don't have to do that any longer. <laughs> you can just spawn him. So maybe one day we'll get back to that. Didn't really play that that much. I played more by myself, actually. Just trying my alternate character, because I decided to actually see what, what like, the magic characters were actually like, because I've never really used magic. But I didn't get very far. So yeah, that was that. And then we also played together... Um, quite a lot of Factorio because that had a recent update. Oh right, the not Infinite Factory ever thing. <laughs> oh yeah, I wouldn't exactly. Yeah, I guess it's sort What's of like deal with it? Factorio. It's the one that's basically like I think I said before. It was like Transport Tycoon, except instead of oh, yeah. railways, you had conveyor belts. <laughs> right. Okay. 
yeah, that's been updated. It's been quite a while since they updated. It's sort of like Dwarf Fortress esque in its updates, where he the, like they regularly update their blog every Friday, and it's like it's time for an update, please. About now, mm. <laughs> and then eventually it happens, and you're like, oh good. That game's still early access, again. isn't it? Yes, and they're trying to get it onto Steam now, which will be uh, weird. I don't know what, quite well, what how what sort of early access they're going to do. I think they're going through green light, but I don't know whether it's like whether it's already green lit and they're like uploading a proper version but it's still not done so whether it will transition into early access or whether it will like stay in green lit mode or whatever i don't know we'll see yeah, what happens it's a good question but yeah presumably it it's, takes a reasonable amount of effort to put your game you know put all the steam hooks into your game that it needs yeah, although they, I think they already said they were talking about achievements, which is kind of weird. There's like maybe a bit early for achievements. <laughs> yes, I always think that you know achievements and stuff like that should be the kind of the last thing you do, unless you're you've kind of got where your game is going very very nailed down. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it feels a little bit weird that they're in Dirt Rally, if I'm honest. But but the, but this, it seems like if they're going to stick to this structure that they have for that game. That that's probably okay. Probably, but... although arguably you could say that like it makes it easier earlier in the early access for like the stuff like winning championships. When there's less stages you have to do, you can keep trying. I guess yeah. <laughs> now there's four rallies you have to do all twelve stages of to do the master championship. That takes a long time. So yeah, Factoria. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really have an. It's got more of an ending now than it had before, but it's still not. Okay. It's still not still not the actual ending that they're midway through making because that's not made it into this patch. Because the previous version, it used to be you just had to build this i build this building and then just defend it for ten minutes or whatever, and the building didn't even have a have a graphic. It was just like a blank square with some text in. <laughs> <laughs> Super placeholder. Well, that's gone now. Now it has a, like a fancy rocket silo that you have to you have to build a rocket in and then launch it into space, and then the game just ends. But in theory, what's actually going to happen is when you launch the rocket into space, and then you build a space factory, so you have like a separate map which okay, has cool. like re- really limited space. So you're building like a factory on top of a floating space platform. Mm. So hopefully, that will at least an early version of that will make it in before too long. Am I right in saying that you thought there just wasn't enough of a, a game in the middle anyway, like as it stands? There just needs to be slightly more systems. Um, I don't this it could do with like some I think the problem it's like building the factories is the bit that's good, because that's all like you're building your optimized systems and like working out the best ways to route, route your conveyors and transfer materials between different factories and stuff. That's the good part. The parts that are more problematic is like resource extraction is like nothing. It could do with some more. I don't know if you necessarily want more resources, even, or whether you just want different ways to handle the resources or something. Because it's like you're just mine, just plonking mines down on top of the on top of the ore patches, and then they just then you have ore, and then you just have to deal with the ore at that point. Put it in a train or whatever. So I'm not sure whether it, whether you want more different kinds of ore because that doesn't really that's not really making it more interesting, I guess. 
making it marginally more complicated because you're having to handle different types of ore coming through your systems. But that's not really more interesting. And the other trouble I, I've said about it before is like the enemies aren't really. They introduced a new type of enemy between the last time I played it and now, but I don't think it was in this last patch where it's like a ranged enemy. So, because before you just build walls and you put your guns behind the walls, and then all the melee enemies had to attack the walls before they could attack your turrets. Sure. So now you've got the ranged enemy, enemies which can shoot the turrets over the walls, but there's it's like there's still no AI to, AI to them really. They just go to a point on your walls where they want to get in and shoot at whatever turret's nearest, and then provided you've got enough turrets on that bit of wall, then they get killed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's still not really anything like particularly dangerous about the enemy AI. Yeah. I'm not sure what they could do, though, that wouldn't be really annoying from like the building your factories perspective. I mean, surely the only real route is that they find spots in your defences where there's just less turrets on them, and they specifically target those, or come up with some other strategy for confusing you. I mean, you could do that, but then you're just, at that point, you're just building turrets all the way around your walls, which isn't necessarily that hard to do. (laughs) Right. And that doesn't like improve anything. I feel like they, they, you need, I think maybe the main problem is that there's just, there's just no like cheaper defenses, I guess. If you could maybe build like wooden walls instead of stone walls or like some kind of you can build landmines and there's quite a cool idea where you can like use the construction robots to basically automatically rebuild minefields so like when the mine explodes the construction robot flies a new mine out there Hmm. and it's like that's sort of cool but it's just way too expensive in resources to actually be worth doing you might as well build more turrets (laughs) sounds like there's some balancing needed maybe like so could the uh as you say like at the start of the game perhaps you can only really build these cheap things because you haven't got enough resources to do so and maybe the enemies are there at the start of the game are quite easy and it, you know it becomes a race between you being able to get the better stuff compared to the well i mean th- which the ai gets better theoretically it already is like that because the, like the more pollution you put out the faster <coughs> faster the enemies evolve and turn into the higher level versions of them, but they're still just the same enemies, basically. They're just tougher to kill, so you have to have to have more turrets as you pollu- produce more pollution. Yeah, I guess what you want it to do is to, to throw in brand new enemy types that are different to what you've seen before, so your ability to react to them is maybe compromised, because it's like, oh crap, that one's coming at this time. Um, yeah. I mean, so the, I need to adjust my plan. I don't know what you can do because rock, paper, scissors is always the problem. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, the other trouble is you want most of the defense to be automated most of the time. Because you're not actually very powerful, like your actual character, and you die real easy if you actually let enemies hit you. But automated defenses aren't that interesting to set up at the moment. Particularly not once you've got laser turrets that just run on electricity, because then you're not even having to supply them with ammo. Sure. So we'll see. And obviously, the other trouble is like there's. It was a thing that I always thought was just because they haven't really made the end game yet. But there's like there's a certain point where there's not really any more resource sinks, and you're just making stuff for the hell of it. Yeah. <laughs> and also the like the balance between 
just like waiting and building more stuff because you can if you just have like if you're making the final rocket parts or whatever with just one factory it will take quite a long time but it's much easier to feed one factory with resources than to build a whole bunch of factories and then set up a whole like automated conveyor system to feed them all or whatever it's easier just to like basically make a crate and fill the crate up yourself by just picking up the stuff from various locations and shoving it in there. But then you're just waiting longer, and it's like it's sort of a I don't know. Is there <laughs> is there a way you could make time more of it pressure? I don't know if you'd actually like that. Sounds like this game needs a few more ideas or a few mm. more like uh, uh, quite a lot more refinement to the concept before it's done. Yeah, it, I mean, it, feel, it feels problematic. From what you're describing, it sounds problematic at the moment in terms of making a an engaging, repeatable game out of it. Yeah, and the other thing I'd like really is just like better map generation because you know it's just got a random map generator, and as always with random map generators, I don't think it's as good as it could have been. <laughs> it's mainly the way the resources spawn in like the patches. Because I've been messing around with the options you do have, which are like the density of the resource versus the size of the patch and stuff. Because the trouble is, like, if you make a if you make the resource patches really small and dense, you can't fit as many mines on them, so you can't get as much resource per second. But the, you can mine it for a long time, mm. and it's like there's a very precise balance you want with that because it's mainly to do with like when you're building railway networks out to faraway mining deposits it's like you want to do that because that's like something to do in the mid game is like expand your rail network and build stations and manage your trains but you want to do that infrequently enough that uh, you want the mines to last a certain amount of time so you don't have to like build one station build another one and then realize that the first one's already run out so you have to go disassemble that and then build another one oh no then the second one's run out <laughs> It's like you want them to last a little while, but not too long to make it so you never have to build anymore. Right, yeah. So that's sort of a balancing issue that I, it's like, I don't know, I've been messing with the options. And I think maybe it's better to have like large deposits that don't have so much resource in like density. But then that becomes a problem of like, then it's really tempting to just build a load of mines and strip it really quickly. But then that's not actually what you want. <laughs> You don't want it to be stripped too quickly, but you do want to build a certain amount of mines at a station to make it actually worthwhile, I guess. Because mm. if you're not producing a, like, a certain number of ore chunks per second or whatever, it, like you don't fill up your trains, and it seems really weird like, like having this train that's hauling around virtually nothing. Yeah, but that was the, always the transport tycoon problem, I suppose, was yeah. trying, to, trying to sort that out to be as <laughs> efficient as possible. Particularly in like late game transport tycoon, where you were building like multiple factories per station to just like ramp up the production super high, so you could support even more trains and even faster trains. It's hard to know where the focus should be with this. Like, do they? Because this kind of stuff, as you say, sounds very transport tycoony, and perhaps there's a you know, that that has proved in the past that there's ways of making that style of, you know, logistics management sort of entertaining and interesting and make a game out of it, you know, until you figure out the best ways of doing things. Um, but then that, you know, the worry here is that that combined with the combat and defense element, perhaps they've spread themselves too thin in terms of like what 
do, do, as a result, do do neither does neither element become interesting enough? Oh. Well, I feel like there's opportunity in this game to make not necessarily the combat more important, but like there's already this this sort of element of environmental damage. Like the the pollution you're putting out causes the enemies to evolve over time to the harder versions and also right. like the actual the pollution where it blows with the wind across the landscape, it like it gets absorbed it gets absorbed by trees and then the trees die off over time and as the pollution spreads across the landscape, when the pollution reaches the enemy bases, that's basically what causes them to aggro and like start sending attack squads in. So there already is this sort of system of pollution and stuff, and I feel like that might be an opportunity to do something else as a, like a kind of a as a thing to overcome. Like it'd be, it, yeah, it'd be neat if the like certain types of pollution like interacted with certain enemies in different ways, perhaps. Well, and just like the landscape as well. Yeah, like actually, have, that'd be really uh, neat. Like if you mutated something in a specific way because you're. The, the the pollution of, that you've put out in the wind or something it affects this particular enemy in a certain way, and it's like well, we might want to avoid your pollution wafting over this hive of stuff or something because that will be real bad. Well, it's, um, I mean, then then it's sort of whether you can control it or not. But I mean, yeah. to actually have it so like I don't know if we could make it so pollution affected your base in some way, maybe even like highly polluted areas make production lower or something. So you'd actually have a reason to lay out your base in maybe separate bases, even where it's like, this yeah. is where all the polluting power plant is going to be, but then I'll run the factories over here in like in the middle of this forest. So the trees help absorb the pollution or something. The pollution is so bad that it's corroding your walls. <laughs> I don't know. There's possi- possi- possibilities that they could expand that system somewhat. And the same for like water as well, because at the moment, if you if you if you need water, you can basically stick a pipe in the tidiest four by four square of water, and it will last forever. And it's like I don't know, maybe they could could make it so that small pools dry out or something, mm. or refill at a certain rate. Yeah, interesting. Because water is basically an infinite resource as it stands. You just like shove the pipe pipe into a into a lake, and then you're set. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Who knows? Who knows? There's plenty of directions they could go with, but it's still, yeah, don't know. Don't know at this point. It's still a bit early. It's only yeah. 0.12, <laughs> whatever that means. Fair enough. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt for now. And also, th- this was another game that I hadn't played multiplayer until this last patch, and really the multiplayer was not very functional until this last patch but it seems to work pretty good so that's good <laughs> although also having multiple people playing a game like that in some ways it's it's one of those things it's sort of, i mean you get it a little bit in terraria where you're building towns and stuff but it's just like you kind of just want to do it yourself because you, you always think you know best <laughs> So I I'd lay out this factory like this, and then you look at the what this other person has been building for a for a while. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're just making this worse for everyone. So you, to some extent, in factory, we were sort of partitioning off what we were doing. It's like I was building the power plant where it was like getting oil and stuff and converting it into fuel, while they were doing some other things elsewhere. <laughs> Which is sort of weird in some ways. 
but also it's uh, as I think the trouble the other the other trouble with multiplayer is now that you have multiple people at a certain point it just becomes like resource overload because you've got two people extracting resources basically. Oh sure. Yeah. So it's really easy to make a whole ton of stuff real fast. <laughs> and then everything is even less of a threat. Balancing. Yes. So we'll see what happens. I think at least they're continuing to update like, well, occasionally update, but at least consistently update their blog. It's all, not quite the same as Space Engineers, which continues to update every Thursday with actual content. <laughs> and played that in a while. That's pretty impressive, though. Yeah. So that's that. I think that's pretty much all I played. Cool. Usual, Games! Usual lack of stuff from Dan. Oh yeah, I'm playing Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Twenty yeah, hours so far. Yeah, <laughs> nearly at the end. I think I'm getting towards. I did that whole Polito Bay score. That was fun. It was probably ran a bit better than on the 360. <laughs> I remember it being a bit overwhelming. The amount of carnage going on um, when I first played it, but uh, on PC, super nice. And lots of carnage and crashing helicopters and shooting the shit out things with Gatling guns and smashing things down with bulldozers and stuff yes <laughs> fair enough yeah so that was cool yeah it's going alright going alright I don't know what's going to be next on my list maybe I should play the South Park game I don't know I it's, want something uh... yeah I still haven't played the, the Assassin's Creed game so but I don't really feel in a in a, in a piratey mood but maybe I should get into a piratey mood <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh they do say Black Flag is a good one so it's yeah. still still currently free on Xbox. Well, there you go. I see that the um the game with gold for this month um on Xbox is uh, Ground Zeroes. Oh, really? Like Metal Gear Five Ground Zero, so I might give that a go. Mm, yeah, definitely. The, it uh, won't take more than twenty minutes or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, it might take a while to do all the challenges. Yeah, it'll take stuff, a while. But, yeah. I think but, that yeah. looks cool. Yeah, get get a feel for what MGS Five is supposed to be. Anyway. Yeah. It'd be worth a try. It's not the the Xbox version is is it's not the uh, the ideal one in a sense because both the PC and PS4 versions are doing some graphical stuff that the Xbox version doesn't. Oh really? Um, yeah, there's some stuff not about like the, the PS4 version, like they they do some kind of atmosphere simulation mm. on the PS4 and PC that they can't do on the Xbox because there's just not enough power there. Um, so I think it's like the what that means is I think things like the clouds and stuff are somewhat bit simulated and that oh, okay. affects the lighting of the game and stuff wow, like that as a result. Cool. And that sounds cool. Yeah. Okay. Well. So it may not be the ideal version, but you know, gameplay wise, they're all the same. So. Yeah, it'd be the same. Yeah, give it a try. That'd be cool. Ground zeroes. Uh, so what else is happening on the site? Zach and I did a recording for. Uh, of us playing Blur. Two recordings, because we did Blur. Blur and Blocks That Matter. And we've done Blocks That Matter as well, yeah, I was coming to that. But, you know, it's the Blur multiplayer I, I was super hyped for. <laughs> well, we didn't actually know whether the PC version had split screen, but it turned out it did, so that was good. Yeah. So, uh, 
Those will be added to the queue eventually. I'm still struggling with the Big the Cat episode. I've got a <laughs> It's almost legendary now. It's like, yeah. when is this episode ever going to come out? And then it's going to be really disappointing because it's not actually that great, I guess. Well, no, because it's Big the Cat. It's, 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 the, it's following in Johnson John's footsteps in a way. It's like, it's the, it's the Duke Nukem Forever of Happy Salad videos. <laughs> really? Yeah, so I might give up on that soon because I'm building up a bit of a backlog now, <laughs> like just trying to deal with this one. Well, as long <laughs> as you at least release one every two weeks, or whatever. Yeah, I know. I've been a little bit, little bit lax of late, but you know, I'm getting ready for a wedding and stuff. Indeed. Yeah, name's pulling a face. You're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Lol, I'll just I'll, I'll just assume I got away with that. <laughs> okay, You're fine, it's all good. <laughs> two more weeks, you get through. <laughs> two more weeks, two more weeks, which yeah. means there'll probably be no podcast. Yeah, so I'm afraid you you may miss the podcast next time, but uh, oh, we'll just record Robert a tomorrow. podcast at the wedding on a phone. <laughs> I don't think we'll be doing that. So, <laughs> not if Naomi has anything to do with it. Or five, five, five minute stealth podcast. Yeah, yeah Zach so just goes and does one on his own. Update. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Cool. How are we doing for time? We're we're early. Well, that's unusual. (laughs) We've been way over so much recently. Maybe we should wrap this one early. Maybe that's why we've just like finally we've all just been playing the same things for a while. Yeah, finally it has calmed down. Well, you know, I I was making a concerted effort to be slightly more concise in my description. (laughs) It's all worked out. (laughs) Well, you couldn't really talk about South Park, so you know. Well, that's true. Yeah, South Park is all about its content and, you know... Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Well, there you are. Uh, so stay tuned for the Blur videos on the on the YouTube channel and on the site. In about two months' time, probably. Probably. <laughs> or what other content we've got coming out. We've got some good stuff up at the moment, so check it out. We've got Always the season four stuff. outtakes. We've got uh, Binding of Isaac video. Check that shit out. And uh, join us um, after our slight break in a few weeks' time for another Sidecast. Indeed. And wish Rob luck for his wedding. Uh, Yes. It's time for the the largest uh, bomb in uh, speech giving, I'm sure. I mean, like, bomb as in failure. Yeah. Not, not, uh, yeah, not like dropping the mic style bombs. It's like, yo. <laughs> you might have to drop the mic regardless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Depends whose mic it is. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe I'd buy a mic just to drop it. Just to drop it. Yeah, really just hide true. a pillow on the floor under your table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then it won't make a dunk sound. <laughs> dunk. It makes some kind of noise. <laughs> that's true. Cool. Oh, yeah. Thanks for joining us for this podcast, and we'll catch you next time for some more craziness. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, Zach's still not going to do anything, is he? <laughs> he even left a pause. <laughs>